0: Hi, I'm Reagan, and thanks for listening to my dad's podcast, Lasting
1: Learning. Hi, this is Dave Schmidow, the host of the Lasting Learning podcast. On this show, we talk to real people with real stories. We focus on the focus and discuss what matters most. Let's go.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. You've picked an an amazing week to tune in because we have a spectacular guest here. This is a conversation that I am so excited to have because I'm just completely intrigued by the guest we have on. We've got a a woman on who has just completely transformed her life and is in the midst of transforming her life. I'll let her talk about all of the travails that she's gone through, all that she's overcome. I even gave her permission if she needs to to use any word she wants to to talk about the depths that she's climbed out of. So if you hear a little bit of that colorful language, know it's part of the story. Sit back, listen, and enjoy because we've got a woman who has come out of some mess and she is here thriving and she's ready to change your lives. So amber miller welcome to the show no pressure but change lives today this is exciting
0: oh thank you what an introduction and um i like how you just like gave them a little warning right off the bat that there might be some f-bombs but it's gonna be real let's do it that's my favorite word but um that's also why people resonate with me because i do keep it real and, um, I had one of my very first clients tell me that I am a master at swearing that I just like know how to like drop it. Like I do it in an art almost. So yeah. Like, well, I for what
1: it. it's worth, I grew up in a military household and my dad really was a sailor. So yes. if you say it, I'll understand it. It's all good. If it happens, it happens.
0: Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's go again, ahead and get started. Yeah. Um, like you said, I am Amber Miller. I've been through this Through some shit in my life, and um, everybody has, and we're all here to connect and share our stories. And so this is my story. I started drinking when I was 15 years old, when everybody else was uh, my parents, my friends, everybody. That's what we do here in the Midwest. And so I, you know, just continued drinking throughout my high school years. I worked two jobs, so 30 hours a week. I was still on principal's honor roll. So um, I gave myself permission. There weren't any excuses for me not to do it. From there, um, my parents got divorced when I was like 18 because my mom's drinking had increased and my dad had quit a couple years prior. And, um, that just kind of escalated for her and she grew up with a very traumatic childhood and she carried all of that with her throughout her whole life. She buried it when we were younger and, you know, she was the caretaker at home and everything like that. Um, but as we got older to be teenagers, then she needed an outlet. And so that's when her drinking picked up and when i was 22 she passed away from alcohol and a host of other health issues that go along with that and that was probably like the most defining moment in my life losing my biggest fan um she put me on a pedestal like it like her love for her kids was just like unbelievable we were her proudest accomplishments and And I remember trying to get her help when I was 22, like a month before she passed, I remember calling and scheduling, you know, something to try and get her help. And we had this date set up and then she passed a month before that took place. And I remember thinking that somebody needs to Change the system that there needs to be more resources for people to get help and, um, just reach out. But I didn't think that I could be that person. I wanted to be that person, but I didn't think I could be because I was in the midst of my own train wreck. And so for the next, like how many years for the next 10 years or so I went on, um, with my own issues, like, blacking out I was broke I I did have a boyfriend um actually he's still with me somehow (laughs) um but so like for the next you know like 11 years this went on that that was my life as well when I was 27 we had our first uh child the son And for the first few years of his life, like I still just wasn't as present as I could have been. I was still caught up in the party girl. That was my identity. And, but that's, that's not who I was on the inside. And then we went on to have our second child, our daughter. And, um, I just, I just, you know, like it got more and more apparent that I needed to be home with them. Eventually it got to the point where um, I, I still wanted to help people in that recovery space, but I didn't know how, because I was a hypocrite because I was still drinking. And then one night I was up at our local bar and I was talking to the mother of a girl that I graduated high school with and in talking to her and she was telling me about how her daughter, you know, like the drinking was really bad. And I knew that I needed to have a conversation with this old high school classmate of mine. So I had her over to my house and, um, and I recognized all of this situation because this was me 10 years prior dealing with my mom. And so it was like, ta-da, it was like, okay, this is why I had to go through all of that crap so I can help her because like, it was so familiar. And I knew what, I knew the steps that her mom needed to take. So I had this girl over to my house for lunch and I just told her where the bear shits, you know, that she was knocking on death's door. And when she left that day, I gave her probably about a two minute hug because I wasn't sure if I was going to ever see her alive again. And it was about three weeks later that she decided that she was ready for treatment, that something that I said that day clicked for her. And honestly, I think it was somebody giving a damn that, you know, that somebody cares enough to like want her because she didn't love herself enough. And so we went up and she got treatment and, you know, she's pretty much been sober for a year now and she's doing amazing. And seeing her that morning, um, before we took her to treatment, like I seen somebody at rock bottom and she looks so fragile. And I remember thinking to myself, and, and I was still drinking at this point. And I remember thinking to myself, like, she didn't ask to get to that place. And so from there, I decided like alcohol no longer has a place in my life. Like I had to get my crap together. Otherwise I was going to be repeating the same history as my mom. And so I quit drinking. I read a book. I quit drinking. I've done a complete 180. Like, it's life is on fire. Like, the curtains have been pulled back. Like, alcohol is such a lie. And now I just need to scream this from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot. (laughs) And so I will let you ask me whatever.
1: Uh, No, uh, well, first of all, thank you for your willingness to share all of that. I mean, I think. You've got so many amazing gifts. And I think your transparency and vulnerability has to be right up at the top. Telling that story is there's so much magic and power in what you just told that I think people in all walks of life are hearing things that they're resonating with. I know just hearing that story, I wouldn't classify myself as somebody that, that struggles with alcohol addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, However, addiction is very real. And it manifests itself in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Um, You know, as we were joking when we first came on, just I I said, I grew up in a a military household. My dad was a sailor, so I've heard it all. I heard myself in that moment already excusing behaviors Mm -hmm. based off of the people that are around me or my upbringing. You mentioned that at 15, you started drinking because that's what we do here in the Midwest, right? And you also were seeing it in your mom. Mm -hmm. Do you look back on that and say that it was the result of your environment, your family that led you down this dark and windy road, or do you feel like um, it's 100% on you, you own it, it's your responsibility, something that you had to overcome because of your choices?
0: It's it's absolutely environment. Monkey see, monkey do. And And yeah, that's, that's what my parents did. And, and even though I seen them make asses of themselves and, you know, I would, I would hate that. And I didn't want to be like that. But like, in my mind, I was a better drunk than my parents, than my mom. And, and so like, I wasn't that bad. And so yeah, those excuses do play out but then when it got to that point where, you know, I, I seen my high school classmate, you know, at rock bottom and, and it's just this slow progression. And, and I, you know, I said about my mom that it was a slow suicide is, is really what it was. And so it's just these habits, like she didn't ask to wake up there. And so it was in that moment that I decided to stop making excuses because I was the queen of twisting things around. Like it didn't matter if my best friends told me, you know, like that I should cut back, that maybe I should stop. Like I had an excuse for anything and I got those from my mom and, and I came up with my own. And then I just decided to stop making those excuses Mm -hmm. because I wanted to be a better example for my kids. I didn't just want to say, do as I say, not as I do kind
1: Mm -hmm. of thing. It it leads to uh, another question I have here, you know, speaking of your kids and I'm, I'm sure as your kids continue to grow, you'll have lots of conversations with them about the, the mistakes that you made or mm-hmm. not to do things because it, it's a slippery slope that leads to yeah. other other behaviors or it's a gateway to other behaviors. Um, you know, as you're describing things, you, you talked about the fact that you were um, an alcoholic and that you were broke and you made all of these excuses. When you, when you reflect back and you say that you've made this transformation what have you transformed? Was it when you gave up drinking, did that change everything? Was it when you said, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to make excuses, did that change everything? What was that tipping point that opened up the floodgates? What was the gateway to the positive change?
0: Um, actually, I would, I would have to even back it up before that. So about four years ago, I read Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover because I didn't know what the hell to do with money. I was broke and living paycheck to paycheck. And I realized that some people don't live that way. And so I read that book and I decided to get our finances in order. And so in a matter of three years, paid off the house, three vehicles, our boat and our camper. And it's like, Holy crap. Like if a book can do that for my life, like what other kind of books are out there? And, and so then it eventually led me to Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Quit Drinking. And it's interesting because I, I had that book in my possession for like a couple of weeks before I decided to open up because I was scared of what was on the other side of that. And then finally, it just got to the point of, what the hell are you so scared of? Like, why are you so scared to quit drinking? And, and like, but I was more curious to know what was on the other side of that than I was to let that fear dictate me. And so from there, you know, I, I quit the drinking and it was probably about three or four months before I told anybody that I had quit because one, I didn't know if this was real. And And two, like I had told people that I was going to quit 8 million times before, and that never happened. And so for about three or four months, you know, I kept it a little bit of a secret and it was really the flip of a switch. It was just the universe. It was my time to be done with it. And, and from there, like the curtains have really been pulled back. Like everything became clear after that. I hired my first coach, my first life coach and, and started working through like who I was in the past doesn't have to be who I'm going to be in the future. And so it was like going through that experience and like peeling off the layers of what society like had made me. And it's like, who is Amber Miller on the inside? And then it's like, holy shit. She's still like hilarious and good looking. And, and like, I I have so much energy now to give to everybody and to pour into everybody in such a positive way that like, if I could share what I feel like for one hour with everybody, like everybody would walk away from drinking. Like that's how good I feel about myself and how I show up for the world. And like, I just want to like sprinkle that everywhere.
1: Mm. Is there ever any temptation to go back?
0: There really hasn't been um, much of a temptation. So we went, we went on a vacation um, pretty early on in my sobriety. And I remember getting down to South Padre, Texas and, you know, like my other half, he drinks and, and my friends, they're drinkers too. And I remember getting down there and I went into the bathroom and I called another, or I texted another girl that had quit right around the same time as me. We didn't quit together, but it just so happened. And I was like, all right, I need one. And then, and then I decided, okay, I'm going to wait until everybody else has at least two drinks. And if I still wanted to drink at that time, then I would. By the time they were done with their second drink, like my craving was gone. They were already, you know, like my boyfriend was down and out in three hours after our plane landed. And, and from there on, I was like, yeah, I don't need to drink the rest of this trip. So it's not so much that I have cravings, which I think is really weird because prior to me reading this book, which there was a little bit of hypnosis at the end of it. So I wonder if that's it. But prior to me reading this, like there were always cravings. It was always like this mind fuck. And, and now it's more so of an awareness of I used to drink while I cooked. I used to drink while I showered. I used to drink while I was, you know, driving home from work, like all of these things. And so it's not so much of a craving as it's, it's an awareness.
1: So what is different now? Because when we, we went back to when you were 15, it was all the people around you were influencing that behavior. Now those people around you are still behaving that way, but yet you've got this newfound strength. And before you answer that, I want to try to make this relatable in a different way. Again, my addictions have very little to do with drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I I I told this story to other people before, and I'll kind of uh, share some of it with you right now. But I I was addicted to ego for so long, like my own ego controlled all that I did. So much so that I I walked around with this facade all the time that I didn't want anybody to see what was really going on inside of me. I wanted everybody to see smiles and sunshine and rainbows all the time, but inside I was just broken and scared Mm. to death for people to see what was inside. And I was addicted to telling that lie. I was addicted to putting on a False front. I was addicted to making excuses for every behavior. Nothing was ever my fault because I had to have people think that things were perfect. People could see right through it, yeah. but I had to pretend and I had to play that game. And there are still times where that temptation is there. Something goes wrong, and there's that temptation to say, it wasn't my fault. It's, there's that temptation still to, to blame other circumstances. There's that temptation not to admit fears. There's that temptation not to just cry when I feel like crying because I have to put up this, this false bravado and this false front, those temptations are still there. Mm -hmm. But for me, the idea that I have shared this with other people forces this accountability on me now where I feel like, oh, now I can't let people down. They Mm -hmm. expect the new real, the new me. I don't know. Do do you relate to that story in any way?
0: (laughs) So... So they're definitely like, there has 110% been a mindset shift for me from like when I was 15, like clearly I was influenced by everybody and everything. And now like I have had, I have enough partying days under my belt to last me probably three lifetimes. And so it's kind of more so like I've been there and I've done that and I, and I know what that leads to. And now that I have this clear vision of like what I can do in my life, because now that I quit drinking, like that was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life, but it wasn't even that hard. And so now that I did that, like what else am I capable of? Like I literally have become unstoppable, like in my own head, like there's nothing that I can't do. And so like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to share my story and impact as many people as I can, because like, I need people to know that they're capable of this too.
1: So good. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you didn't even tell people for a little while that you were making this change and now you're freaking telling the world and you're not stopping there. I mean, you, you talk about making some big goals. Do you mind sharing just some of the, your goals with some people? Like, what are some things you're doing here this year that you're just, you put on your calendar and you're like, yeah, let's, let's just see what happens.
0: Yeah. So, um, this year is about my year of health. And so I was, I'm in zero shape to climb a mountain. And so I decided this year I'm going to climb a 14 er in Denver. So,
1: so let, let's pack this real quick. You're, yeah. you're in Minnesota. Yeah. That there aren't mountains in minnesota no so it's not like you're climbing out back and saying let's go climb the mountain today and practice right it's okay we've
0: got some bluffs we've got we've got just a little bit of elevation like we're right on the mississippi so we got a little bit but like nothing like a mountain but like now it's it's not even necessarily about that destination of climbing that mountain it's the mountain that i climb every single day that my excuses for not working out, my excuses for eating like garbage. Those are all of the little things that I'm squashing. And, and I'm once again, like reinventing who I am and like, who am I on the, on the inside? On the inside, I am somebody that loves herself and shows me that I love myself by working out and by putting good things in my body. And so it's really about like reinforcing that every single day and climbing the mountains just going to be you know icing on the cake. And you mentioned one other thing about how you know I'm I'm sharing this with the world now and we've talked a little bit about fears and I can tell you last spring when I decided to share this with the world like I was terrified. Like to talk about this. Like, what are people going to think? And, and for the longest time, it's like, I would wake up and it's like, why am I putting myself out there? And then the private messages started coming in and the, the real conversations started happening. And, and the more I do this work, like the more it becomes so apparent to me that there are so many people hurting and, and really like we need to heal. And you said it yourself that you were walking around pretending to be something that you're not. And I was walking around pretending I was drinking and that's not who I was on the inside. And the people that I have the conversations with, um, on these clarity calls, like everybody is walking around pretending to be happy. And just to make everybody else feel comfortable when nobody else is comfortable, like, and everybody else is worried about their own crap. And so you're pretending to be something that you're not. And it's like, you just need to go inside and like face yourself, get honest with yourself about like, what are the things that you, that you're not like facing? Like, what are those like deep rooted issues?
1: So so Amber, how do you find, that identity how do you find that person that is hidden inside when you've lived so long being somebody else pretending somebody else everybody else on the outside expects you to be somebody else uh, assumes something else evaluate you as somebody else yeah. how do you look at yourself in the mirror and say yeah that's still not who I am
0: yeah that was a huge part of me um that was a fear of mine for not quitting drinking is because my identity was wrapped up in that. And I was like, well, who am I going to be if I quit drinking? And, but I wanted to find out who I was. And, and so really it came down to what are my core values? Like what are the things that I live by? Like that light me up inside. I am somebody that cares for people. I am somebody that is um hardworking and like is present for her kids and and that, you know, like I can help people. And so it's really like it's just starting the process of of doing that inner work. What are your core values? What are things, what's something that would make you super proud of Of doing like in three months from now? Like it doesn't even have to be a year. And like, why is that important to you? Like, and then all of a sudden, like you start getting this vision because, you know, when we're little kids, we're taught, you know, dream, go out, be anything you want to be. And then high school hits and you are thrown out into the world and all of those dreams are squashed. And, and so it's like the bills, the marriages, the divorces, you know, everything, all of that. And it's like, okay, who was, who was that person, you know, as a little kid when you were still dreaming. And so the, my favorite part about what I do for work is giving people the opportunity to start dreaming again. Like, what is it that makes you happy? And 95% of the time, it's the simplest things. Like people just want to be more present. Like they want to get the debt paid off. They want to take a couple of vacations. Like it's nothing like, you know, Mars or anything like that. And so it's like those people think those things like being happy is so out of reach Mm -hmm. and it's not. We are literally the only people standing in our own way.
1: So good. So good. I've got like five follow-up questions I'm trying to organize (laughs) in my brain just for that, for that little part of the story, but I'll, I'll ask probably the hardest question first. And it's probably the worst question because I'm going to paint this as like this binary thing. I'm going to ask you to, you've got two choices, only two choices to answer. Yeah. When you think back on your story, are you proud of your story or are you ashamed of your story?
0: It is hard. At this point, I'm going to say proud because our adversities are what give us our superpowers. Mm -hmm. And had I not gone through all of that garbage, then I wouldn't know how to connect with people and feel for people Because when I look at other people drinking, like I'm, I don't judge anybody like that's on them, but like, I feel for people, like I feel for the people that are still trapped. And so at this point, like, I would say that I'm proud and that's that's hard to say, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And first of all, I I am proud of your story. I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful story when you can tell it from this side of it, Mm -hmm. but now I want you to have your your mom hat on. Right. And as your kids are growing up and they make some poor choices along the way. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Do you allow it to happen? Do you step in and prevent it from happening? Where do you go?
0: I, I'm going to let them make their own mistakes. The best thing that I can do is provide the example and, you know, show them like how much I love myself and, and provide that example. And so it wasn't that long ago that my son was sitting on my lap and we were around some family members and they were drinking. And I remember, and and he's six and somebody asked him if he's going to drink beer when he gets older. And, you know, we put a lot of those questions on kids without even like thinking about it, but only now because I quit, like, I see like how stupid it is, but somebody asked him if he was going to drink beer when he was older. And, and he just, shook his head and said, no. And then like, he looked up at me and he whispered and he's like, cause not everybody drinks. Right. Mom. Mm. And literally my freaking heart exploded because I was so damn proud of myself for giving him that example of somebody that doesn't drink in his life, because there's not going to be very many, because I mean, people still do drink around here. Um, but I'm able to give him that example and those kids are sponges and who are they going to most mimic their parents and so all I can do is is give him the tools and and let him do what he wants with those I didn't have those tools of growing up you know and that self-confidence and and just other resources and ways to deal with stress or or whatever comes up for adversity, but yeah. So you can't control anybody else. Like whether it's your children, your spouse, like nobody could control me. I had to quit for myself. I didn't quit for my kids, but Mm -hmm. they are getting the best version of me.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. Now now I want you to project yourself 10 years into the future. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right now, that that overcoming part of your story is still a fairly recent story when you look at yep. the history of your life, yep. and it's a powerful part of your story. It your story is it's not just a story. It's not just a story of look at where I am. It's where I came from to get here. Mm-hmm. If you fast forward ten years from now, is that still a part of the story you tell people?
0: Absolutely, um, because I'm just going to keep continue to build on that because when it all comes down to it, there was a reason that my mom passed so early and, and it, and not having those resources available, like, that's what I ultimately want to do. Like, that's my, my big hairy ass goal is eventually to open a state of the art recovery center. Mm -hmm. And, and I would love for it to be, have the highest success rate in the nation and, and so it all, it, it all has to be part of that story. So it's like, you know, her passing and, and how many people can I impact? And, and it really just blows my mind, the people that come out of the woodworks, you know, and, and tell me that they've been watching me for a year and things like that. And it's like, okay, like this, this is worth something.
1: Yeah. I'm just gonna, I, I'm going to continue to celebrate you and your willingness to tell this story because it's a vulnerable place to be. You know, it's it, if people go and they, they check out your, your Facebook page and the Facebook group you have here, that you have a lot of your recent posts are about putting up boundaries, right? And protecting yourself. Yeah. And even the idea of protecting yourself from people that are egomaniacs and narcissists and controlling <laughs> and all of those things. And I'm reading those things. Honestly, a reflection that went through my head is, is she still going to want to talk to me? Is she still going (laughs) to want to talk to me? Because I've been called all of those things in the past, you know? Um, But as I'm reading those things, I remembered at one point, I was so afraid to tell my story because I was afraid that people would see it as manipulation, that Mm -hmm. I was using my story just to try to pull people in. Mm -hmm. I was using my story for my own gain, hence narcissism, right? Everything revolves around them. Yeah. But you and your ability to tell your story comes across so authentically and so transparently and so vulnerable. It's not about you. It's about other people and using your story to serve. So I I just want to to boost you up and tell you that I am so grateful that you have gotten yourself to the place where not only where you're going through this transformation, but you are willing to tell your story because your ability to tell your story is going to impact the thousands of people that are listening to this, that you have never met that your circle in Minnesota yeah. is, is not associated with you yet, but you are going to inspire life change for thousands of people. And I, am just, I'm so grateful for you and what you're doing right now. Just, Oh, gives me the yeah, chance. Yeah.
0: It's in, and, and that's really what it, it boils down to is this isn't about me. And I created, you know, some stories in my head too, like, um, people aren't going to care. Like they're going to think that I'm doing this for likes or comments. And it's not that at all, because like, it's hard putting yourself out there and it's hard being vulnerable, but that's what connects us as humans, because we are all walking around with garbages of crap, of baggage from our past. And these stories that we've made up in our heads and we're our own worst critics. And and all we want is to be heard in a judgment free zone. And like, that's the kind of space that I want to provide for people because I get it. I've been there. And like, please. And, and I'm just over having fake conversations. Like, when I meet somebody, tell me your trauma. Like, let's heal together. And, and the coolest thing is, is like, if I help one person, you know, get their self-confidence back to pursue their passions in life, to make a big change that they never thought that they could, then they're going to be filled with this fire. And that fire is going to be lit inside somebody else and somebody else. And like, that's literally how we make the world a better place. Like mm. I want to raise the vibration of the world.
1: Yeah. So good. And you know, your tagline is a life, not wasted. Right. Um mm-hmm. I feel like you are taking full advantage of the life that you've been given yeah. or the the new life you've been given is maybe an even better way to, to phrase it. When you look back on your life, we'll, we'll just go 10 years in the future again, your life will be far from over. I mean, you'll have a long ways to go still, right? In 10 yeah. years, but in 10 years, how will you know that you have not been wasting your life other than climbing a 14,000 foot mountain?
0: Oh my gosh. I...
1: Cause you're chasing goals, right? You've got lots of yeah, things you're, I'm, I'm you're, gonna you're be, looking for. I'm, so.
0: Yeah. I'm living life on my terms mm. because for so long, like we think that everything is out of our control. We think that, um, our, the amount of money that we make is out of our control. We think that our housing is out of control. Like we can't take vacations because of work. Like we have all of these things, you know, and granted there was COVID, but there's still, we have a lot more control over our lives than we give ourselves credit for. And when you get honest with yourself and you want to make something happen, you do. Otherwise you make excuses. And so for me, that is, you know, like I'm living life on my terms. Now that I've quit drinking, like all right, like I want to have 10 avenues of income. Mm. Like I want to now change the the financial status of my family and future generations and I want to make an impact on the world. Like that's what lights my soul on fire. Like my mom always told me like growing up that I was going to do big things when I got older. And as a kid, I always rolled my eyes like she didn't know what the hell she was talking about but now I get it. Like I have a purpose. Like I literally can't not do this because Mm -hmm. the days that I've felt like retreating and like throwing this, throwing in the towel and running, like there they are. Like my mom and my grandma are literally pushing me from the universe and they'll have somebody else send me a text message and, you know, saying how I changed their day. And it's like, Oh, guess I got to keep doing this. And so like, I'm just going to keep doing whatever feels good. And, and like I said, like, I want to pour gasoline on other people's fires. Like I want people to know that they are worthy and deserving of an amazing life. And literally the only person that's standing in their way is them.
1: That's good. And, I, and I feel like right now there are a lot of people that are hearing this saying, you're speaking to me. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned COVID, but COVID magnified, A lot of things for a lot of people. There were a lot of things that people tried to brush under the rug that just got pulled out right now. There are people that are saying, I want to change my jobs. I want to change my trajectory. I want to change my life. I want to change my destiny, but I don't know how to do it. I feel like I'm trapped. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm stuck, but you are a walking, talking example that it can be done in a very real way. And I hear you loud and clear saying you want to be able to help people on this journey. Right. How do yes. how do people reach out to you individually? If they're saying, Amber, you're speaking to me right now. How do they gravitate on to all of that you're doing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can either get a hold of me at Amber at alifenotwasted or I run a kick-ass Facebook community at a life
1: Awesome. And all of those things will be linked at the bottom. So feel free to to click on those links and and get directly in contact with her. But I would also encourage you to, to listen to her story again, listen to her story and look for those parallels for your own life. Look for those pivot points, look for those, those, those forks in the road and take that step towards that life that you want. Don't continue down that one way road that you know where it leads. A lot of times when you're in those destructive mode, you know where that road goes. But Amber, I asked that question about where do you see yourself in 10 years and what drives success? And you had to pause for a second. And that shows me that you are on this path to success because you have no idea what the future holds right now. (laughs) The future is wide open for you. And that is, oh my gosh, that is so exciting.
0: It blows my mind because like now when I set goals, like I just complete them so much quicker than I, I even thought possible. And yeah, like, I just, I really need people to know that who they've been up until this moment in their life is not who they need to be going forward. Like you can decide to change at any given point without needing permission from anybody. And like, all you have to have is the belief that you can And if you don't have that belief, then we need to have a conversation because I do believe that I, I can give that hope to people. You know, we talk about where you are right now and the things that are holding you back. And then my favorite part of having conversations with people is who do you want to be in three months from now? And like, how do you want to build on that? Like, who are you on the inside? Most people don't even know who they are in the inside. And it's just like, okay, okay. Like, let's figure this shit out.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're spot on it. That, that has been the hardest struggle of my entire life is trying to figure out who I am. And I, yeah. I walk around in this body every single day. Yeah. But w- when you were just talking, you know, I feel like, when, it, let me rewind. In this podcast, I, I tend to ask people for their mic drop moment. What is that one thing you want people to walk away with? And I think you just nailed it. And I think you said it way better than Rocky Balboa did in 1985. <laughs> if I can change and you can change, then everybody can change. Mm-hmm. but that's so true. People can change. They can. Yeah,
0: they absolutely. Can. It, yeah. It it literally doesn't matter who you've been your entire life, um, where you've come from, like what's in your past. Like it yeah. is, it's who do you want to be going forward?
1: Yes. And again, making this all about me because it's my podcast and I, I can do it. that. And so I, 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 I appreciate this therapy session. Um, <laughs> you know, I think one of the reasons I had such a hard time identifying who I was, was because I was looking at who I was, not who I want to be, mm-hmm. not who I am, but who I was. Yeah. And when people would look at me and say, who are you? I was so rooted in the person I was. And yeah. I did not know how to break out of that. But you've got, you have this vision for who you want to be, the things you want to accomplish, yeah. the, the person you're going to become. And the person you are today is that person that's becoming the person you want to be. And that's exactly what I want for me too. That's so good. That's
0: how you got to do it. Like you, you don't get to show up. You don't get to say tomorrow I'm going to be that person. Like you have to start being that person today. Like I can't expect to go climb my damn mountain without putting in all of the work. Like I have to be somebody that exercises and eats right today, not just a week before. Um, and then I go and die on this mountain. That's right.
1: And then, and then next year, when you introduce yourself to people and they say, who are you? You will say, I'm Amber Miller and I'm a mountain climber because your identity has changed because of what you've done. That's good.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's all of the things. And the cool thing is, is like, when you keep doing those things that you never thought possible, it's always like, what's next. Mm. And, and that's what makes life so exciting and so fulfilling I don't. I don't even know what's next.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good! I know. I can't wait to see. I'm going to be following your journey from mountaintops to valleys and all along the way from here on out. So, so be ready. You, you talk about putting up boundaries and creating boundaries. Be ready to give me some boundaries and say, Dave. No,
0: I I like anybody who is good vibes. Like as as long as you're not bringing no negativity my way. Like I I welcome all of the people that are ready to make their lives the best versions of themselves and like bring me more awesome people
1: (laughs) awesome so all the awesome people that are listening to this reach out to amber she's going to make you even more awesome she's going to help you tap into that awesome you didn't even know existed look yourself in the mirror be proud of who you are keep growing keep living and know you got a life not wasted amber thank you so much for Taking time out of your crazy, busy life, changing your life, changing my life, changing everybody's life and just chatting with me. You're awesome.
0: Oh, this was a fantastic time and I hope we do it again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Your support means the world to me. I would love to continue to connect with you. Feel free to reach out to me at Dave Schmidt on all the things. Connect with me. Online at schmidto.net or shoot me an email, david.schmidto@gmail.com. at gmail.com.